Wounded Warrior Project is working to foster the most successful generation of veterans in our nation's history. One of the ways they do that is through adaptive sports. Veterans are some of the most resilient people on the planet. It's not about what you can't do after experiencing injury or illness. It's about tapping into what you can do. Learn more about how Wounded Warrior Project's adaptive sports programs are changing lives at www.woundedwarriorproject.org sports. This show is brought to you by K Jewelers. Listen up, NFL fans. K just dropped a collection of officially licensed NFL jewelry. Shop your favorite team in the True Fans Fine Jewelry Collection at k.com slash truefans. Gear up for the season and celebrate the love of the game with K. It's about to go. This is the Buffalo Nerd Sports Podcast. Where we talk history of the game numbers and stats. And each week we highlight a charity that's doing good. If you haven't subscribed yet, then you should. Because I'm sick to this. This the, the real deal. And you know I gotta shout out the Buffalo Bills. Turn it up to the max. Sit back and relax. This the Buffalo Nerd Sports Podcast. Let go! is up everybody welcome into another episode of the buffalo nerd uh this week we're gonna keep it super local i've been kind of wandering around the league you know talking to a different bunch of different people about the draft and things of that nature but i'm gonna go to the hometown team and uh, one of my guys uh, i'll call him an acquaintance maybe a friend uh, we might friend. be friend level we're friends friend. okay we're friends. We've reached friend level, so that's good. Uh, this week, I'm joined by Joe Miller. Uh, I'm sure most of you folks that are listening in know who Joe is. Um, he's he does a few different things, few different. He's uh, part of a few different shows and stuff. I'm not really going to take uh, Joe's thunder away from him. I'm going to let him introduce himself. Um, but I'm super excited to chat with Joe actually because um, he does a show called the Overreaction, you know, sports podcast. So I'm curious to see if he's overreacting so far through the draft or if he's holding pat, right? So, Joe, why don't you take the floor and uh, anybody that doesn't know you, uh, just spitball a little bit about yourself. Well, first of all, it's good to be here. Uh, so thank you for the invite. And, yes, we are friends. We, uh, You and I have been uh, connected. I don't even know. It's been months, right, since last season. Uh, we've kind of been uh, going back and forth and texting. And how long? We're probably getting close to a year here soon. Pro- guys. Probably, clo- probably close to a year. I would, I would agree uh, with that statement. Um, but, no, as far as my stuff – uh, right like aren't we all busy <laughs> i think the word is busy um yeah i've got a show called the overreaction sports podcast it uh, airs live it records live on uh, youtube and the buffalo rumblings youtube network multicast network and then uh, it drops as a podcast on their podcast network at noon so you can be a part of it one of two ways you can actually tune in live this week uh actually i will have or should have one i gotta start over you have to edit this when is this airing It'll be Monday morning, and this is, yeah, so everybody knows it's Saturday, May 1st, you know, when we're recording this. Gotcha. Uh, well, you can just edit that out, so, if you want, so I can... I can All right, read. I like to keep it real. Oh, you like to keep... <laughs> this is a real conversation we're <laughs> having. just ruin the whole thing, then. So, anyway, so, for those of you that... that I'll stop it. 
for those of you that are, that are listening right now, last night I had uh, Jay Spence on the show. And uh, so you can catch that. It's going to drop at 12 o'clock today. Uh, the, the conversation that I had with Jay Spence, just about just kind of recapping the draft and everything that happened. Um, but uh, yeah, it's we do the Humpty Hotline together. So you're going to get a lot of me and Jay Spence uh, this week. Just did the uh, Off Tackle Show with John Fina on Friday night. We recapped uh, the first pick and then we actually were live when the second pick happened, which was kind of cool. But uh, not overreacting to the draft too much for me. Uh, I don't know how you're feeling. Uh, when when Greg uh, Rousseau got picked, I was a little like, wait, that isn't what I thought was going to happen here. But as the time has worn on, I've kind of settled in with it. I'm I'm good with it. Like, I like the pick. Does that are you feeling the same way or are you kind of in di- like in a different kind of mode? I'm actually thrilled with this draft so far. Yeah. Um, I, I couldn't, I like, uh, I know I've, I said a bunch go, coming into it that I hadn't been happier coming into a draft in a very long time because I didn't feel that we could do anything that was going to really truly hurt us. Right. Right. I, so right. I feel like what I've seen so far tells me that they understand what we're doing and they mm. understand what the future's bringing. Right. I mean, big, tall, long, fast. It's, it's, you can see it. I mean, did you see Greg standing next to Zach Wilson? Zach Wilson was like, um, did you see I, the one of, did you see the one of him shaking McDermott's hand and yeah, standing I mean, next to Brandon Bean? <laughs> he looked like a monster. <laughs> he's huge. And then they go and get a guy that's even bigger. Right. right. So six, eight, I, six, six, eight and a half. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled actually. And I, and the reason I really truly like it is because it's, it's to me, it's not about just getting Mahomes. Uh, the yeah. chiefs to me, they have, they have more of a challenge than we do. They have to yeah. stay at the top. We don't. Yeah. We're coming for the top, right? But to me, this is more about we're going to face three rookie quarterbacks basically now, right? So easiest way to affect a rookie, put pressure on them, make them make dumb mistakes, right? So I I love the draft so far. I know everybody's a little irritated because, you know, you you see all these mock drafts and you see these guys that we say we need, but, you know, we need them. Apparently, the Buffalo Bills don't need them, right? You know, it's interesting. It's interesting because I, you know, I don't do mock drafts. I'm not a huge draft, Nick. I, I pay a little bit of attention to it. Nobody really had us clued in or keyed in on the same person, whether it was uh, the the hobbyists or the professionals that do that stuff. Every the, Most of the professionals had us going defense. Obviously, a lot of the hobbyists and alternative content creators like myself and you had us going, you know, some of us running back, some of us, you know, there's a big argument about not taking a running back, which I'm normally on the don't take a running back train in the first round. However, when your roster is as complete as this one, is I was like why not right why not throw it out there I think we were all landing in the same place of best player available and where best player available kind of gets blurred apparently for us is we believe and I'm one of those people that best player available means that this guy it's not can't miss or sure thing it just means he's going to help me the first day he gets here and who the bills took Greg Rousseau is not necessarily guaranteed to help us day one. He's got one year of college football playing on the defensive line, which is incredible to think about that he played wide receiver and safety. So at some point in time, he went from <laughs> just over six foot tall to six seven, which is insane, uh, but dominated on the defensive line. But what he has is a huge upside. But then the Bills turn around, and I was settled with that pick. By the, by Saturday morning, I was good with it. I was like, all right, or, or Thursday morning, Friday morning, sorry. By Friday morning, I was good with it. I was like, you know what? I'm good. I'm good with this pick. And then the Bills turn around, and they took Boogie Basham, which is very much uh, going to help us day one when he hits the field guy. So they went edge-edge, which is crazy because I don't 
not many teams go edge edge, but the Bills did it. And they got one guy that has crazy amount of upside, can play anywhere on the, on the defensive line. And when he finds himself and like catches up with his body growth and catches up with the things that he doesn't know yet about football, he's he has the potential to be very good. And then they got Boogie Basham as well. And that kid's ready to play high motor guy. A lot of energy, you know, obviously can can find the quarterback, which is good. So, yeah, I'm super excited. But it did definitely did not fall the way that Bill's Mafia thought it was going to. You know, how we define best player available is clearly different than the way that Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott do. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's it just shows me that we're we're going to approach defense differently. And the defensive line is going to be a rotational piece because I think both these guys are going to rotate in and out. That's just how we're going to do. And speaking on Greg a little bit, I mean, one season, um, number two in the country in sacks behind like, you know, Chase Young. So it does say quite a bit and I'm not going to say where it came from or whatever, but I was, I was part of a group that was watching this at the time with some like guys that are pretty high up in some NFL stuff. And I was told that Greg is actually better by a defensive line coach in the NFL that Greg is a better prospect than the other Miami defensive end that was taken earlier than him. Really? Actually the better player. So I kind of immediately was like, okay, wait a second then. Right. I mean, he's only got one season and that's the, that's the kind of the downfall thing too. Right. But if you look at the defensive end room right now, this is just we're replacing guys that we have right now that are like 27, 28 that just aren't cutting it right with mm-hmm. some youth to see if that's going to be the move. Right. I mean, well, there's also there's there's also replacing the guys that are 32 and 33. Right. <laughs> in the room. right? I think we'll keep both of them probably this year. Yeah, I think yeah. we'll stick around still for this season. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you look at that room, it's two really old guys and then it's four really unproven guys that are in like mm. their mid 27, 29 range. Right. And then now you've got a couple of young kids in there that are going to yeah. be probably bumping in the Mike love of the world. You know, yep. he's probably toast, you know, things like that nature. But mm. before we get too deep into the draft and all that kind of stuff, um, like what we do here at the nerd every week is every guest that comes on, we're going to chat up a charity, right? Um, I like to learn about some new things and I was really thrilled to have Joe come on as well because uh, I want to do something that was kind of local to Buffalo. Um, mm. You know, haven't uh, really got to do that so far on the show. So Joe decided that uh, he wanted us to highlight uh, this week, uh, the Buffalo city mission. So um, I'm not super familiar with them. I've done some research and stuff, you know, since uh, Joe and I've chatted about it. Uh, Obviously I think most people understand what a mission is all about. Um, Mm -hmm. But Joe, why don't you go ahead and, you know, kind of let us know why you chose to highlight this mission. So there's several that I that I key on and kind of are kind of partnered with. So for those of the, the, those of you that do not know, I'm a vocational minister. Actually, I'm a pastor on staff at Life Church Buffalo, uh, and you know Jericho Road, uh, Hope for the Hurt, this one as well, Buffalo City Mission. There's several that we partner with and we support. We do stuff with, but but I wanted to talk about the Buffalo City Mission because what they do inside the city of Buffalo, uh, it, it, when you're thinking about reaching out to the community, the homeless, uh, they're not only providing meals, which is important. And there's a lot of soup kitchens in a lot of cities. Uh, They're also providing shelter. Um, They're also providing education. They also provide a lot of spiritual guidance, guidance and, and, and counseling and things like that. Uh, But they're also building a building. They're in the process of building a building right now. They're in a, in a, in a, in a, in a capital campaign to, to expand and actually be able to do more for our community, uh, the, the city of Buffalo. And anytime, any city that's reaching back, 
and 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 trying to bring up you know the lowest of the low those that are hurting the most that's a community that community that thrives and that's just what the buffalo city mission does and for those of you that don't have you know a charity organization that you connect with or you you know maybe you're not connected to a church that is giving to charity organizations like the buffalo city mission i would encourage you you know there's a lot of great benefits outside of the the personal fulfillment uh you know i'm one who loves to say that the only true uh happiness is found in giving yourself away and part of giving ourselves away is, you know, being generous with our money, you know, not not storing it up for ourselves, but giving it away to those that need it, you know, using it to help those to benefit those that need it the most. Uh, so if you do not have a charity, if you do not have one that you're connected to, I would love to see you get connected to the Buffalo City Mission. I know a lot of people that work there that are on staff there. They're good friends of mine. Uh, it's just a wonderful organization and they do a lot for the city of Buffalo. You can check out their website, buffalocitymission.org. Uh, and you can go there and you can donate. There's a matching thing going on right now. You can buy a brick uh, for the the capital campaign that there's that they're in. They're just doing a lot of great, great stuff. Yeah, it's very cool. And I mean, like you mentioned, it's not just meals, right? It's education. It's doing a, it's doing a bunch of different things. The sheltering is a big thing too in our town because of, just because of obviously obviously the weather. Last night it was 35 degrees outside. You know, we we are not in the south where it's you know tropical <laughs> in, right. in the winter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so they do a, a lot more than that. Like Joe just mentioned, they are doing a, a like an extra fundraiser right now. They've got somebody that's willing to match $20,000 mm. right now. So if you donate $50, it's going to become a hundred dollars, right? Immediately. Mm. So mm. even if you've got anything you can kick in, it's going to get doubled up and you know, they're running for $20,000 for the month of May. Uh, I think that should be pretty doable, really. I mean, yeah. to get that kind of number, right? Especially in the Agreed. city of Buffalo, where everybody takes care of each other. So very cool. Um, like we always have it, you know, all that information will be in the show notes for you guys to just click straight over there so you can help out. Uh, even if you don't got any money, there are ways for you to volunteer. You oh, know, yeah. Time. You know, you got things of that nature. You can find out all that on there, too. Um, I mean, there's a bunch of information on there, resources, you know, to outreach things, all sorts of different things. Right. So if you know somebody that might need it too, just shoot them over there. So, yeah, very good cool. Stuff. Awesome. Appreciate Thank it, man. You. Appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Joe, for bringing that up, because I really mm-hmm. wanted to highlight something close to town and everything like that. So, yes, sir. Let's uh, let's circle back a little bit. So out of the three, it sounds like you you probably are leaning is Carlos is your favorite so far just pick out of the three picks? Um, I don't have a favorite. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting to me because we should know already. We should know already that Brandon Bean is not going to draft the guy that, it, you know, is, is blinged out wearing sunglasses, strutting down the aisle, uh, you know, very self-centered, like the guy that you can kind of see it on him. I don't want to use the word diva because a lot of these guys aren't diva, but there's, there's something about the humility piece that Brandon Bean, cues onto and the teachability piece and you know a, a guy that's there you know when you think Tredavious White right when you think a guy like that that's you know humble and ready to go to work and you know wants to to be a part of an, an organization to contribute it not necessarily going to the NFL because it's all about me when you when you think the difference between like you know OBJ and some other players uh even OBJ and Steph OBJ and, and Trey just just that personality and that persona so I think that what's going to happen going forward and we probably should have been there already is it's going to be, begin to skew our boards as we consider what the Buffalo Bills brass considers best player available because they have a much heavier weight in that character piece and that culture fit piece than I think most NFL teams do. So as much as we're all surprised that the Bills took high potential dudes 
with amazing and astounding character, both in their first pick and Carlos, their third pick for me. uh, Yeah. Regardless, all three of these guys, for me, it's just, it's just an interesting, it's an interesting layout when I consider who I thought the bills were going to take versus who they ended up taking. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, I mean, it does. And I don't, yeah, I just, it, it feels like maybe favorite wasn't the right word, right? But like, it yeah, feels like yeah. you're saying the most ready to play right off the bat is going to be Carlos in your opinion, right? Yeah, I mean, Basham. Yeah, Basham, for sure. Basham, that's going to be the one that can can kind of step in. But I agree with most of that. It's I felt like everybody, and you hear it it's immediately when they talk to these guys, right? It's like they're saying the th- same things. I'm just ready to get to work. And they all have mentioned that they v- felt very connected to the team when they interviewed with him, right. Through all the zooms and everything like that. I mean, the one guy's talking about how he plays Madden. He's the bills, right? Like he's been, he's been watching the team. Like he's like, (laughs) I just felt connected. He even said, he's like, I knew every time I got to meet with the bills, it was super organized. It was very business-like and I was super attentive and I was in it to be there. I was all in. Right. You know, and I, and I think that that's what we should expect and that's what we should be looking for. And you brought it up way earlier and I didn't really hit on it yet was, this team doesn't need these guys necessarily to come right in and be world makers, right? right we are right. a contender already. We right. are, I, I tweeted this last night to me that Kansas, like I mentioned, Kansas City is the ones that have to stay at the top, right? right. All we have to do is win the East. We win the East. We get a chance to be the king every year, right? That's right. And they have the pressure of staying up there. We have the pressure of just winning games to get a chance to beat them again. Right. So I, I like the moves. Um, I imagine, and realistically, I thought coming into this draft, maybe four of these kids are actually going to make the team, right? Like we might get one guy out of today, maybe two that Mm -hmm. might actually make the team. Mm -hmm. We don't have that many holes, right? This is It'll be interesting to see because the bills have the bills have put on undrafted uh, free agents as well. When you think of Levi and you think of Dane Jackson last year, and and you know I, another big upside guy is the guy that they took in the third round. I think I called Carlos the third round pick a second ago. He wasn't. He obviously was the second round pick. Uh, but you know when you when you think of Spencer Brown and this kid, this the measurables this kid have are off the charts. But he's another one that doesn't have a ton of college like playing experience. You know, there's there's a lot to be seen there, and there's a lot there's a high ceiling. And this just when you consider. Tremaine, Josh, and like a lot of these guys, you know, Ed Oliver that 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 Brandon Bean seems to pick. He seems to pick. He goes after high character, high ceiling guys, and trusts the staff, McDermott, to to grow them up, yeah, to coach them up, which is which is really really wild. To your point about how many of these guys are going to make the team, that's an interesting thought as well, because it's when you're this deep, it changes the dynamic, it changes the structure of who's going to stay, who's going to go. Um, I don't really have, I don't. Man, I don't even know, right? There's, it's, it's going to be well, interesting. They return twenty. We still have more free agency, right? There's still right. veteran players that are just sitting there waiting to see who's choosing who, so they know where they can go back to and be like, "Yo, I see you didn't address cornerback, so right, right, uh, right, hey, right. You want me to come play for you now or what? You know, like right. I still, but, I still imagine the Bills will bring in a. They'll probably pick a cornerback at some point during this draft, or immediately grab a couple undrafted guys and see if they can get another one. Right. Mm-hmm. But probably the same with the tight end. I I was almost having a weird feeling at the third pick that they were going to pick a tight end. Yeah, it, I, I got like this really weird like, man, are we going to 
grab a tight end right now. And then the lineman that we drafted used to be a tight end, right? right. So I'm like, wait a second, are we just playing games now? You know, but then it, Brandon Bean came out last night and said that he's going to be a swing tackle, right? That's pretty much they all they see him doing is just being a swing tackle. But for now, for now, until now. until you know, obviously they've got Dawkins locked up. Yeah, they've got a lot, Dawkins locked up. They've got Darrell Williams locked up for a while. Um, and, and and about the time we're ready to shed Darrell Williams, you know, this kid is going to be ready to play. But I don't know if you saw any of the stuff that's on Twitter right now, like of him benching 500 pounds, of oh, him yeah. like crashing through a table, like like the, he's having fun already. For sure. he's already yeah. in it. It's amazing. But uh, it's going to be exciting to kind of see because this team is this team is super solid. It's super it's super deep. It's got a lot of talent on it. To your point, you know, as long as we win the East every year, you know, we're going to get a chance or should get a chance to to maybe you know compete in that AFC Championship game. Oh, man, it's just a wildest dreams land. Like I like to say, like we never. Like this is where we wanted to be. Now we're here. And it's like, I'm not sure we know how to handle ourselves. I know. I feel like the first thing we shouldn't do is complain. Right. <laughs> Everybody complains, right? It's like, wait a second though. Like you realize that our team is good still, right? I actually felt like through free agency, we got a shade better, right? I didn't right. Know we did anything great, right? But I felt we already improved a little bit just from sure. some depth and different, sure. you know, different areas and things. But I, and uh, speaking of the Williams thing, I'm pretty sure that, we can move out of Williams' contract next season as well. If he does not uh, perform like he did this year, they can easily walk away from that contract next year and maybe they just drafted the new right tackle, right? So it's it's a smart move. I mean, in the way that Bean has structured the contracts – most of the deals that looked like three-year deals and stuff have have opt-outs, right? They have yep. opt-outs like every year. So he's we'll call them the beanisms. We'll call them beanisms. Isms? Yeah, I like that. He's, <laughs> he's playing the game very well, right? And very, very well. But you're talking about a football team that, that returned 21 to 22 players, and right, the one guy they didn't return was that what you're, what you're about to say? But that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Like these guys might not even make it, right? So it's right. like. This right. is football team came back, right? We're bringing right. back the same <laughs> team basically. So it's like, it's going to be hard to make this football team, right? You yep. know, so, yep. which is awesome. I mean, I, it's the most refreshing feeling to just be like, you know what? I, we're going to be a contender either way. I think the things that are bothering me a little bit is some of the teams around us look like they're making the flashy moves, right? Mm-hmm. Which makes you feel a little nervous like cleveland's making flashy moves miami miami's well we i think everybody knew they were going to be able to make the flashy moves right they had capital to do it yep. you know jets i i still am not sold on the quarterback right so i think it's all gonna zach every, wilson every other team is gonna hinge on the quarterback either way right yeah. the way the bills hinged on the quarterback right they can put all the talent in the world around him but and, i like zach wilson more than i like mac jones that that's yeah, just personal, i agree with that so. yeah What's so your we're, feeling we're, on this? I, I brought this up last night. Since when did it become okay to trade inside the division? Like, <laughs> a like, bunch of teams did it. Yeah, I'm like, what the <laughs> hell is going on? Like, that's, you don't do that. Yeah, that's a little weird. Like, yeah, yeah, you want to come up and get your guy? Go ahead. Uh, yeah, that's oh, yeah. Sure. So much, it's funny too because of and and the Bills weren't necessarily involved in any, any of that, but like the whole conversation, you know, Wednesday night about smoke and ETN and like Brandon Bean and all these GMs are now like in the in the in the you know giving smoke stuff, and I'm like, who to who? Like, if Brandon Bean doesn't want ETN or he does want ETN and he's like doing smoke screens or doesn't want him, but he's gonna say that we want him because he's hoping his guy. Clearly, he wasn't hoping Rousseau was gonna be there. I'm pretty, pretty confident he knew. I think they had an offer to trade back if Rousseau was gone. Uh, there was a slim chance that he was going to be gone. So the whole smokescreen thing, not only is it like crushed by what actually happened, but then you like to your point, like these GMs are like trading with divisional rivals. And it's like, 
okay, maybe there's no, maybe they're just friends. Maybe, you know what? Come up and get your guy. It's fine. Well, it's weird because I, I just been part of a, a kind of a conversation with and asked somebody that had been a GM in the past about this. And they were like, yeah, you just, you don't trade with people in your, in your division. You know, like, why would you do that? The, you don't even really want to trade with the AFC. The right. New NFL. Like, you can even say like, even Breen, Bean brought it up last night. He's like, we had a deal in place with an mm-hmm. NFC club. Right. Right. Oh, we're right. not letting the AFC come up here and take somebody that we want. Like, are you, are you foolish? And then we got San Francisco and the Rams who can't trade out. They're over there like, yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, it, it feels like the right thing to do. The Giants traded with the Eagles to let yeah, the Eagles no, come up in the first round. Yeah, it's insane. This is like, I'm like, what the <laughs> hell is going on? This is, you, you know, you're not supposed to do that, right? Like, Fair I don't know. Not. I'm the only one that feels that way. But I was just like, it kept happening. And I was like, one time it was like, okay, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But then it was like, another uh, like really this is what we're right. gonna do now right we're trade inside the division no way it's funny yeah but i don't know so either way i think both of us feel like this draft is been accomplished so far for what we need to accomplish i we got faster uh um, you know the defensive line i think is going to be a completely different animal this year uh, just from the way that they can rotate guys around. So I feel real comfortable comfortable about the draft so far. Um, you know, all offensive line pick. I, I, I never had the the cornerback in my mind. I know everybody wants mm. the cornerback and everybody's not convinced that we're good at CB2. Um, but we're good at CB2 if the defensive line does what it's supposed to. Because if we just ask these guys to cover for a couple seconds, mm-hmm. anybody can really do it. Right. But our issue has been the been that D line. But I know everybody wants the cornerback. Like I, I think we'll still get one, right? I'm anticipating cornerback, a tight end today, probably at some point. You think we're gonna get another running back? I I, I think they're gonna take a stab. I th- I mean to look to see it's the defensive line is interesting because I was talking with John Fina during the John Fina show and it was like it's because we were live when they took the second edge player, uh when they took Basham, and it's like maybe they're just gonna throw all those guys in a bowl. And like tell them to fight it out, and the first seven that make it out make the team. And, and John kind of laughed. He goes, "It sounds like that's what's going to happen." And it, that might—I wouldn't surprise me if the same thing happens at running back. But yes, I think cornerback is a definite possibility. I think running back is a possibility. And I don't know that it. it, it for me, it was more about expectation. What I was expecting the Bills to do. What I had kind of convinced myself: Hey, we're going to take the best player available. And again, in my mind, and I think in a lot of our minds, that just meant that like the BPA on the board is clearly a guy that's going to play right now, not a project guy. Like how can the best player available be a guy that has high ceiling upside three years down the road? And John corrected me on that a little bit too. He said, you don't know that. He goes, he could, he only may only need six months of, of prep work and he could be a monster this year. And that's true. Highly unlikely, but it's true. So am I happy with the way that the board has fallen to us? Yes. Is it weird to go into a draft for the first time in 20 years and not be like, holy crap, we need a left tackle. Holy crap, we need an inside linebacker. Holy crap, we need a defensive tackle, right? Like, is that weird? Yes, it's incredibly weird to know that we don't have a giant need and they can basically set their board up, check guys off, and then whoever's there, take them. It's like, man. It sounds like that's what they did, especially with the Basham pick. I mean, Bean pretty much kind of said that. He was just like, it was like the value was there, right? It was just like, we did we want, do we plan on coming in here and drafting defensive end, defensive end? No, right? But like we've mentioned a couple times. I don't know. Did they? I don't think that they, like, we're calling them defensive ends just because that's what they're labeled, but I'm not even viewing them like that. These two guys that they just drafted are going to rotate, they are going to rotate them through the line. 
Yeah, right. for I, sure. G, GR for sure. Groot. We'll just call him Groot because that's what everybody's calling him. So so Groot for sure. You know, he played in college. He played across, you know, three positions across the front line. I don't know if Basham did or not, but he's got measurables that say that he could move inside. Basham the question is, is more. It, he likes the in, he came out and said he likes the. Oh, did he? Better. Yeah. Gotcha. So it'll be interesting to kind of see. If we become a rotational defensive line team, which I've not been a huge fan of the luxury of being a rotate because the amount of money we've spent on it for guys that are playing 42 to 47 percent of the snaps. But are they not only going to rotate guys like through at 45 percent, but are they also going to like mix it up? Uh, and if you get a chance, go back and listen to the John Fina show, the off tackle show, because he talked about some scheme stuff and some kind of like amoeba like defensive fronts that the bills could run with both Groot and then obviously Basham and just some of the guys that we already have with star coming back and really kind of confuse some of these rookie quarterbacks. That's going to be a big thing for us this year is the fact that, you know, two is a second year player that didn't exactly have a great rookie year. And then we got two other rookie quarterbacks in the division. If they both play uh, McDermott's going to have a really fun time uh, game planning against these kids and confusing them and kind of like doing to doing to them what Be- Bill Belichick did to all of us for a very, very long time. <laughs> If that makes sense. Well, absolutely. And we get Trevor Lawrence this year, too. I mean, we're, yep, facing, yep. we're facing a fairly what should be weak quarterback schedule realistically this this upcoming season. But uh, I think that it's to me, it's kind of been I like it. And I and I I'm 100 percent on board with that thought. I didn't listen to the show yet. I will. But I I agree with that. And I think that's what we are going to do. And I like the concept like you just kind mm-hmm. of said it with throwing them all in the bowl and just seeing who's the best. Right. Maybe the best way for us to approach the defensive line is just keep throwing hungry dudes mm-hmm. out there that just mm-hmm. want to go fast and hurt somebody. Right. And just go and just go and go again. Is it my turn again? Is it my turn again? Right. Is it my turn again. Right. And just like go. It. And I'm all like about it. that. We haven't had something like that in a very long time. To me, when these guys got drafted, I immediately started thinking of like, is Zimmer going to be on the team next year? Is Phillips going to be on the team next year? Like, I don't know that these guys can compete with these kids looking at some of the film. You know, we'll guys look quick. They look quick. We'll they're big. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out the rest of the way, especially like we don't even know what star is going to look like. You know, mm-hmm. the highest paid guy in the interior, we don't even know what he's going to look like. We can hope that he stayed in shape all this last season and everything, which I think he probably would have, you know, yeah. especially seeing how well the team was doing and knowing what he was going to be coming back to. But so let me ask at you this. His, you know, at yeah. his cap number, stars the one guy in the bowl that's going to stay in the bowl. Yeah, like he's the most dude. Yeah, he's not going $22 million, anywhere. he's not going anywhere. So Star will be on this football team. Well, and, it, and I do, and it's not that I want him to go anywhere either. I hope he can play like he was, but I do want a veteran guy in there that can show these guys how to sure. play this game, right? You know, sure. and so we, we need that. I love that. You, you, you talk about leadership all the time, right? You know, I love that. And I think as many places across the roster that we can line up a veteran with some guys underneath them that need to learn how to do it is how you should function on yep, all yep. levels. Right. You know, I mean, it's just it's a tough game as it is, you know, Mm. and you're a young kid and you're on your own. You got some money. You know, your thing, things are different now, right? You know, so it's way from mom. Yeah. You need somebody to kind of corral you. You don't have the 21 year. Go ahead. You don't have the NCAA rules corralling you. Right. Right. You in check any longer. Yeah. If I was 22 years old with five million dollars and away from mom, it wouldn't have been good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, it probably would have been only like a week long. <laughs> I'd have been like, wait, what? It's gone already? Okay. Exactly. What do we do now then? Um, yeah, is there more right. coming or? Nope. <laughs> nope. Yeah. So 
we're so far in the draft. We're both feeling pretty comfortable. What would be your biggest concern so far? Uh, as much as you said you're not concerned about CB2, CB2 is still the issue for me. Um, what's interesting about the Bills and just their scouting process and the scouts that they've had and the work they've done, you know, when you look at who they've added at cornerback uh, in Levi, un- undrafted, at Dane Jackson, undrafted, uh, and they have both played a significant amount of snaps, both in their rookie years and then obviously Levi in his second year. I'm confident that they can find a guy that they're confident with that can play this scheme and do what needs to be done, you know, in round four, five, six, seven, wherever they're going to take him because they've done it with undrafted guys. But CB2 is going to be the issue for me. And I'm not settled at RB. Uh, you know, I think we have three RB2s now. We had two RB2s. Now we've got three RB2s. We still don't have that RB1 guy. And yes, I'm very much, I was the dude early in the season that was that was chomping at the, the, the idea and pining on about the fact that we don't need to run the ball. We're a pass-first offense. I totally get it, and I'm still there. This is a pass-first offense. Let's go out there with the game plan to pass. However, when you need to run the football, you've got to be able to run the football. And scheme players whether it's running backs offensive linemen whatever it is for some reason we could not run the football well when we needed to last year outside of a couple times couple couple moments one was the San Francisco game uh so they need to do something about that position whether it's a scheme or find a find a you know find a find a guy that fits the scheme they want to play if if if, if they're not going to change the scheme so probably those two spots for me i'm excited to see what hollister does uh along with dawson knox i'm a big dawson knox fan i think all of bills mafia is so i'm not super and then sweeney's coming back so i'm not su- super concerned about tight end uh if they take one great um but uh for me cb2 rb2 or rb1 probably but rb running back cornerback for me yeah yeah i have a the thing with the running backs i'm still kind of I feel like we're okay. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like, I don't feel like it's great, right? Like I'm not sold that like we're in a great position right there right now, but I believe we have all the guys that have the talent to do what we need to do. Sure. I would like to just see us get five offensive linemen together at the beginning of the season and keep them together instead of rotating people around and see if that just helps. And I think you've touched on this a bunch of different times. Like I feel like there's going to be a different scheme approach with Mm. the run game as well this year because they've realized that they don't have what they needed for the other approach that they were going to take. Now, Brita, they did bring him in, and he is kind of the speed guy, right? So he Mm -hmm. he does elevate the speed a little bit from what we have, but they're going to have to approach it differently than what they've they have done, but I still do not think that we are going to see the Buffalo Bills running, you know, 30 times a game, right? Oh, no. This is going to be still a 15, 20, maybe rushes a game, and there's still, if we get to 30, that's because Josh ran 10 times. Yeah. You know, like well, he's still like RB one right now on the roster. Right. But For sure. our hope, the hope is definitely that that we are g- gone of the days where the Bills staff overthinks it and gets cute. You know, they they come into a game. What if we totally fooled them and run the ball thirty seven times? It's like don't do it. Just yeah. throw it. <laughs> I hate when NFL coaches try to get cute like that. Right. Like, why? And it's, it's every second half. It's like you've been crushing them with this. Why not right. come out in the second half and continue to try it and see if they stopped it yet? Right. The old foot on the throat. Just keep yep. the foot on the throat. <laughs> and nobody ever does it. It's amazing. College football, they have no problem laying 800 on you. 
But That's in right. the NFL, it's like, no, let's keep it close and make it more of a challenge or something. And it's like, no, it's a respect thing. I've heard, I've heard it's like a, it's disrespectful to the other team, the other team's coach. If you do it, meanwhile in college, yeah, like OSU will play Appalachian State and put seventy six on them. It's like, what is going? On? Yeah. And, <laughs> and the funny thing, the funny thing about that is like college fans eat it up and love it and think it's amazing, and somehow are like engaged and nervous about the game against Appalachian State. It's like you're gonna crush them. Trust me. <laughs> but I don't, I don't get like why you care. If the other team, if the other team can't keep up with you, that's not your fault, right? They they practiced all week too. They're being right. paid, right? Like if if you put up an eighty spot on them, oh well. Next yeah. week, you better show up and not let us put eighty on you, right? Because yeah, there, that's what there was a lot do. of there was a lot of conversation about this last year, uh, and obviously the, the big game of note was the Rams game. And you know, well, they didn't really take their foot off the gas, and they didn't, you know what I mean? Like they didn't change it, and it's like, well they put 28 on us after we were throttling them and crushing them. They put 28 on us. And it's like, so you can't tell me that somewhere somebody wasn't like, we got this. Yeah. Right. I right. Mean, you had to basically come back and win that game. Right. right. It's like, so you're, you're crushing this team. You come out at the half. All you really need to do is come out and put up another touchdown on them. Take the ball back, put up a field goal on them and the game's over. They're not going right. to back and try. Right. Like right. that. You only had to come out and play for like eight minutes in the third quarter and you would have sealed the deal. And instead you're like, nah, let's play like the my, the last four minutes when we're all pressure and we, we're going to lose the game and everybody's going to laugh at us afterwards. <laughs> losing, right. Like I hate that they do that so much, but I'm not going to rant forever. You know, drawing so. some emotion out of old cult this morning. <laughs> I know. Well, it is, it is early here. It is. It's 830 in California right now or whatever. Right. When we're recording this. So That's I have funny. fired up early in the morning. Joe's <laughs> you're welcome. Morning. You're welcome. <laughs> I thought you were a man of God. You're getting me all, you're getting me all fired up in the morning and everything. So it's oh, amazing. It's great though. I CB two. I, I still feel like we haven't brought in the Josh Norman yet. Right. There's going to be a veteran cornerback brought into this building before this is all said and done. I still believe. And, and he you think Trey's on a second contract. Trey could be that that vet in the room now. Trey might be that guy. Yeah. I mean, I I get that piece of it. And I like I do like that. And I think that you need to be able to get there. Right. But you need yeah. to be able to yeah. get to that point where you have that guy in the building. Right. That can do that. So you don't necessarily have to bring in other guys to do it. The same with Josh Allen. Right. Like the right. Trubisky thing to me was like. It's cool because it's Josh to me is getting to that point where he can start teaching the other guys underneath him how to do it. But I don't really want him to do that yet. So right. Trubisky doesn't really need that. Right. He can mm. learn off him and stuff. And Trubisky can help from and like, you know, so it, it feels real good in the quarterback room right now for me as far as like the leadership and kind of where we are as far as that. But I still feel the free agent cornerback will be brought in and they may truly be the competitor for number two. Right. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So, uh, and tight end, I like I've mentioned, I think we might go after one, but I kind of don't know that we really need it either. Because like you mentioned, I'm I'm actually really intrigued by Hollister as well. Mm-hmm. I think that he might be a super nice piece for us. I mean, basically in the end zone right now, we are throwing the ball to Lee Smith. So mm-hmm. we could throw it to Jacob Hollister instead. Right. So that that could be cool. Yeah. And Lee Smith has surprisingly soft hands. He does. Surprisingly right? soft. Now he doesn't fall with like any kind of like grace or anything like that, but he really does know how to just like, <laughs> like he's just pass the ball, right? Charmin, he's got Charmin hands. Charmin hands? Surpri- yeah. Surprisingly soft. It's it's really it's really awesome though. So I as far do you think that we're gonna bring in a wide receiver? Wide receiver's been a fun conversation for a lot of people. I don't know where I fall there because to me, 
you know, they're like, you know, Isaiah Hodgins could be the odd guy out. Well, Isaiah Hodgins got hurt. And let's keep in mind that Isaiah Hodgins was in the same conversation with Gabriel Davis last year preseason. Better. Up to the point of, yeah, people were saying that Isaiah might be better than Gabriel Davis. So I'm not ready to just be like, well, we drafted Isaiah Hodgins and he got hurt. So let's just kick him on down the road. I think that the Bills probably think highly of this kid. And I think he's, you know, I, I, I tend to believe the hype that was there uh, just because the hype was real about Gabriel Davis. So if the hype was real about Gabriel Davis, I think the hype is going to be real about Isaiah Hodgins as well. Do I think they're bringing somebody to compete? Possibly that room is full now. I think Duke is still on the roster. Isn't Duke Williams still on the roster? Like everybody, for the most part, still on the roster um, other than John Brown. I, I don't know that all of them will make it out, but clearly this team loves competition. Like you said, you said, you know, put them all out there, you know, get the angry ones, that want, the ones that want to go back out and compete and like are chomping at the bit, uh, champing at the bit, chomping at the bit, like want to get back out there. So it'll be, I'm not saying they won't. I don't think it's going to be any big time flash guy. I think from the wide receiver room standpoint, it is who it is. And if a Kenny still shows up or if Kenny stills is still around, great. But I don't think there's going to be like a, they're going to go get somebody right they, to, to, to get them help. I don't think they need help. Yeah, I don't think they do either. And we, and we still have Kumaro on the roster right now. I right, mean, right. Touchdown Jesus. Yeah. Be on this team that are already there. Right. I mean, and like you mentioned, Hodgins, I he's supposed to have incredible hands. I, I, I don't remember what it was, but he might have dropped like one or two balls in college, something like that. Like he's he's supposed to be really good. And he's he's fast. He's tall and he's fast and he's got good hands. So I anticipate he's going to be around. I mean, they kept him on the practice squad and were protecting him and everything all last season, right? So keeping him quiet and keeping him under the radar. I don't think you do that with just everybody. You know, and like you said, Kenny Stills is still out there, right? You could easily just bring him back. You know, mm. you've got a solid room. I mean, it's, yep. it's it doesn't need a lot. But I anticipate probably if we go that way, it might be a couple undrafted guys just to probably. see bring in some yep. bodies, you know, just to see if special teamers, flat. potential special yeah. teamers. Yeah. You know, kick returners, kick I mean, returner. Partner. I don't know that we've got that guy yet. Do we have a kick returner yet? Is that it settled? Is it Ike? Yeah. I feel like that's probably going to be the way that it's most likely going to go. Just looking mm-hmm. at it right now, unless they do something different, he f- he's done it. I mean, he yep. fits the mold, right? That he's, yep. and he doesn't necessarily have a full role as a wide right. receiver. Right. So it makes right. sense. You know, you can really utilize them that way as well. Uh, so, yeah, I feel like at this point, unless, you know, unless they grab somebody here late, but I don't I don't think that this this franchise would bring in somebody late and make them the kick returner either. Right. I feel like the guys on the roster probably already that they want You'd hope you yeah. hope. I mean, Taiwan's still there technically, too. Right. I mean, and he's done it in the past. I don't think he's going to last this offseason, but we'll see. So so. I've been doing this thing, Joe, um, for this will make the third episode that I've been doing it now. Um, nice. It's a little session called Nerding Out, right? Because the show is wait, all wait. about. I am going to make a nice little uh, segue with some dorky noises and get all amped up for the Nerding Out session here I'm in the future. Put my glasses on. Okay. All right. We're so so I'm, 40, I'm 47 and I've had 2010 vision up until the time I was 45 and a half. And then my, the, the, the vision of my right eye went to like 2020, 20. Like just a little worse in 2020. So I got one bad eye, one good eye. So I do have a pair of readers. So I, I just put them on. All right, I like nerding out, for the nerding out session. 
And I've uh, haven't been able to see past my hands since the fifth grade. So <laughs> the worst part about this, I just put on my glasses, and like the computer screen is absolutely more clear than it was. Way better three minutes, three minutes ago. <laughs> and you can get a blue screen version of those readers as well. Really? Oh, really? Oh, oh, oh. yeah, there nice, is a blue nice. screen reader. Just so you know. Nice. So I'm still not out session. I like yeah. to pick the brain of the guest a little bit and just ask a couple kind of fun questions. Joe uh, was sent the questions ahead of time, about three minutes or so ahead of time, just to yeah, be fair. Yeah. Um, Super but, appreciate that. Hey, well, you know, this was Joe saved me a little bit this week because uh, I don't want you guys to just have to listen to myself, you know, chat about the draft because I need somebody to get me fired up like Joe. But first <laughs> things first, Joe. Favorite sports book, uh, you know, like uh, we kind of talked o- offline a little bit about it, but just a, sp- a favorite sports book or a book that you really enjoy or something sports related that you would recommend somebody should read. So I first have to shout out my uncle. So my uncle is Jeffrey J. Miller and Jeffrey J. Miller is a uh, Buffalo Bills football historian. So if you're looking for a good Buffalo Bills book to read, my uncle wrote Rock and the Rock Pile. He wrote uh, 100 things all Buffalo Bills fans need to know before they die with Marv Levy, which they're actually uh, they're, they're updating that book. Um, there's there's several Buffalo like forgotten guys in Buffalo football. I can't remember. The t- there's a bunch of books that my uncle has written. So if, if you're interested in like Bill's history type stuff go read one of his books they're really really good uh for me the one that i would recommend is actually i would say that it's it's widely controversial because a lot of people for some reason don't like this coach um however i'm not talking about liking the coach or not i don't i don't give a spit if you like urban meyer or not what i'm telling you is if you want a book that you can read uh from a leadership standpoint that has a lot of great sports conversation and and uh, commentary in it but we'll also you'll be able to take something away from it and make you feel like you can change the world uh buy and read above the line by urban meyer and not only not only buy and read it underline it write notes in the margin, underline it a lot and allow that book to get inside you and change who you are as a person and as, as a leader. Uh, because for me, I feel like if I could get a group of people together and I can get this book into them, like, I feel like I could literally like change the world with this book. It, it, it's that good of a book. And I don't care if you like Urban Meyer or not. I don't care if you're a Michigan fan or not. I don't care like what you think. If you're, you know, I don't like Urban Meyer. That's fine. D- then don't, you know, I don't know. Scratch his name out. The book itself, solid book, awesome book. I like that. Scratch his name out. <laughs> Tear off the front cover. Right? You want buy to- it used so he doesn't get a royalty credit. I yeah, don't care right, what you do. You but- yeah, buy it from a Goodwill store. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's probably a Goodwill store out there that has them. I always get most of my books from like the uh, Goodwill down in Southern California. Has like a massive library of books. Yeah, that's where I always end up scoring them from. So cool. So do you want do you want in, in, information on what the book's about, or did I give you enough? Oh, go ahead. You can go deeper into it if you want. That's cool. So it's it's a leadership book and it just above the line and it talks about as leaders uh, and, and as subordinates or employees or team members, you know, that, that somebody has to set the line like this is the bar. We're all going to live above the bar and none of us are going to be below the bar. And if if we're all going to hold ourselves accountable and we're going to be accountable to each other to stay above the line. And if anybody falls below the line, then they're going to be moved on, right? They're going to be moved out and we're going to move away from them quickly. There's a lot of great concepts in there. Uh, as far as like BCD, people that are usually below the line are, you know, they blame, complain and defend. So it's never their fault or they blame somebody else or they've got to defend themselves. And, and, you know, he just goes on to talk about those people and how, you know, he moves away from them as, as fast as he possibly can, like without even thinking about it. If you're a BCD person, 
you're gone. We actually, uh, we actually, I, my teams have, have expounded upon that to ABCD and then F, which is like apathy, blame, complain, defend. Uh, and, and then F it ends up being you're fired. Um, <laughs> it's usually how that works, but, uh, it's, it's just a fantastic book. If you are a boss, a manager, a supervisor, if you own a company, buy it. Uh, if you want to be a better team member, buy it. If you want to affect people around you and just be better, buy it. It's just a great book. And again, there's a lot of good sports commentary in it. So that's awesome. And I feel like our leadership in the building right now follows that same line. Right? I promise you they've read it. Yeah, I promise you McDermott role. has read this book. Yeah, yeah. that's absolutely like that. The, the whole best version of yourself thing is in that book. Okay. Yeah. Cool. yeah. I mean, so I mean, it aligns that we mentioned it a bunch of times. It's high character guys. That's all they're bringing in the yep. building right now. Right. They don't yep. want to have to worry about playing games outside. They want guys that want to come in and be a team player. We're not looking for a superstar that wants to come in and get all of his accolades. We're looking for a guy that right. will get his accolades being part of this football team. Right? Exactly. The people Nailed around it. him are going to make him better. So very cool. I like it. So, this is probably not going to be hard for you. I mean, obviously, you just mentioned it. I do have your uh, uncle's book, The uh, 100 Things That Every uh, Bills Fan Should Know Before They Die. I have uh, read that book. Uh, it's a great yeah. book. So if you haven't checked it out, you should. Um, but this one is probably super easy for you uh, based off of growing up around it, I'm guessing. But what brought you to football, Joe? What do you What do you love about the game of football that, I mean, you're a content creator, um, you know, so you you don't just watch the games. You you put extra effort into talking about them and doing things after the fact, you know. So what brought you to this point? What do you love about the game of football? Well, the content creation came super late in life. Like this was never something that I asked for or even thought I could be good at or do. I was told in my teens, right, that, oh, you've got a voice for radio. And it's like, well, what does that mean? Like, and how do you get into radio and why would I want to? And I, I think I tried one weekend being on a, a like a lo local radio station in the middle of Florida in the middle of nowhere. And I was nervous and I was I think I was 20 years old and it was awful and I hated it and I never went back. Um, so the content creation part of it is a fun hobby for me. And it's a it's a great time. And, and the people that I've gotten to meet and like the, the fact that people want to hear my opinion on anything is super flattering. Why do I love football? Well, my, my grandfather was a coach. Um, my whole entire family was, you know, in football or played football on some level or some extent. My my stepfather, when I was a kid, played football uh, when he was in high school and college. And then the the Bill stuff, you know, my family has just always been in like crazy Buffalo Bills fans. Like before there were crazy Buffalo Bills fans, my family were crazy Buffalo Bills fans. The tickets were, my grandfather had the tickets at the rock pile. I think he let them go in 74 because the Bills were awful. Missed it. Rebought them in 77. Uh, I was born in 73. So my whole entire life, we've had season tickets in my family that my grandfather had. My grandfather was unable to go to football games any longer in 97. So I started buying in with my father. So I've been a season ticket holder for the Bills since 1997. Uh, but just just being around it, you fall in love with it. Um, I don't know. I, there's, there was just a draw. It's it's weird. I played a lot of different sports growing up. I played baseball. I played volleyball in high school and college. Uh, I did play football. I play a lot of golf. I played a lot of softball until it started messing with my golf game. And then I quit playing softball and played golf. But football has always been the one that's always kind of rom romantic, romanticized me back. Even with the Bills being bad for as long as they were bad, there was always, I don't know, there's just something, there's something about the representation of the team and the fact that 
living outside of Buffalo for 13 years or living the time that I spent in Florida. Uh, I went to college in Missouri. Like there's something about the team. Our team represents who we are at a very kind of like intimate level. Like when they're good, we feel like we're good. And when they're bad, it doesn't mean we're bad and we get angry and we just want them to be good because we want everybody to respect us as sons of Buffalo and daughters of Buffalo. There's just a weird tie. And I don't know if it's a small town thing. I don't know if it's a small city thing, uh, but it's, I don't know, man. You, I mean, you grew up here. It's just, it's part of the fabric of this community. It's just, there's some, that's what Greg Rousseau was told. Like his mom lived here for five years as she went to college for nursing. And she said, Oh, Hey, by the way, they're insane about football up there. It's just different. It's, it's got a very college town feel to it, which is cool. I lived in Columbus, Ohio, one of the bigger college towns in America. It's very similar, like very, very similar. Um, why I love football. I don't know that I have a true one single reason other than it was just born into it. And you probably feel the same way about yourself. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I've said here probably before that my Sundays, I didn't necessarily go to church because we were watching Bill getting ready for Bill's football. I mean, that was Sundays, right? Like that, that's what brought our family together was Bill's football. Right. So yeah, it's always been a part of me. It's just like, I don't, you know, some people ask, why do you love it? And I'm like, I, it's just, I, it, I, I, you know, like I, yep. you just don't said, have an um, um, I <laughs> don't have an answer. I don't have any other there. I don't know. It's just, it's somewhere. It's, not, it's here somewhere. I, I don't know. Right, right, it's like, right. uh, my girlfriend all the time is even like, you're so colorful. And I'm like, I just wear red, white, and blue. I mean, like, I don't, I don't know. Is that colorful? I'm like, I just, I wear red, white, and blue, like all the time. Right. I'm the, I'm the man in, I'm the man in black. I'm, I'm wearing bill, black bill stuff. I'm wearing black jeans. I've got a black hat on. My undershirt is black. <laughs> My underwear is black. And I'm still wearing Bill's gear. Yeah. I've transferred to I'm wearing a black bill's hat right now, you know, so I, I've, I've transferred to a lot of black stuff and she's like, you're so colorful. And I'm like, Hey, besides it being bills, I mean, it's just being patriotic. I mean, that's the, awesome. I'll be honest with you. The, the color scheme thing has been a problem for me because oh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, like, cause I wear a lot of black and I have for, so it goes, there's history. I've been a musician and a quote unquote professional musician for a very long time, decades. So I've been wearing black on stage for very, like when I was in high school, I had a mullet, I had long hair. I played, I played bands like I wore black. So I wear black. So for me to wear blue or red, it's a little, it's, I have to think about it. It's like, am I going to put on that blue shirt? (laughs) What do you wear when you go to church on Sundays? Black. Do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're black. Yeah, like, black jeans. You black. We are like Johnny Cash. Then, like, <laughs> just wear black. My, my boots are black. My my sneakers are black. My flip flops are black. Everything's black. My my socks are black. Awesome. What color are my glasses, Colt? You can see them. Yeah, black. Yeah, yeah, black. Those are black too. They are. It's yep. all about the black. That's funny. Everything's black. That's awesome. So, so the what's the next question? Now you got me all flabbergasted. The next thing that. Uh, <laughs> The next thing on the list here is besides my podcast and say your own, if you want, what's your favorite podcast that you listen to? Or like, if you're just cruising around, you're like, Hey, I want to listen to a podcast. What's Joe Miller put on? Uh, It's, it depends on the day. So for me, you know, I'm very much again, new to this whole alternative bills content community just in the last couple of years, like a lot of you and like some people that are going to discover this podcast, even after we record it. Um, so 
I'm not a big fan of the content we get. I don't want to disparage anybody. It's just a personal opinion. Uh, I, you know, I started my podcast because I didn't feel like that my views and my opinions and my feelings were necessarily being represented voice. You know, there's, we all have a voice as a fan and I didn't feel like my voice was being, I don't know, it just, it didn't, it didn't, uh, connect or resonate with what I was hearing. Right. And I love the NFL network and stuff like that. So, uh, I navigated towards and gravitated towards podcasts, which is how most people end up listening to podcasts and alternative content. So at this point in time, I listen to, depending on the day, I'm a big fan. I don't have one. I'm a big fan of Joe Marino. I'm a big fan of your show. I'm a big fan of Jay Spence. I'm a big fan of Bruce exclusive. I'm a big fan of Pat Moran. I'm like, there's not one necessarily that I listen to. I love, you know, Zbot from over at, uh, at fanatics. Like I've, I was a part of fanatics for a long time. I'm a part of rumblings. I love Clay Troya. There's a lot of guys. I don't have a single fan favorite. Uh, I don't listen to any other podcasts outside of Bill's podcasts either. So it's not even like, uh, well, I'm a big Joe Rogan fan, but, um, I do love Pat McAfee. Um, I don't listen to him as much because I'm generally consuming a Bill's pod. I only have so much drive time. Right. So I don't know that I can answer that question. Do people usually have one favorite? I mean, I don't know that I don't think anybody really necessarily has a favorite, but like, for example, like last week uh, when Tyler Dune was on here, he's like Adam Carolla show, right? He's like, I want to listen to like, I'm just chilling or whatever, something I want to just listen to catch something different. But it sounds like mostly you just podcast for listening to other dudes that are talking about the bills to just hear different opinions, different ideas, just hear what things that are going down, you know, with the other content guys. Yeah. And I think that's, that's probably why I'm, I'm not pigeonholed, but more about why I'm spread out a little bit is that, uh, yeah. Cause I, the only, the only podcasts I listen to are, I do li- have in the past listened to a lot of leadership podcasts, uh, have not been on those in a little bit, but, uh, I've been primarily doing bill stuff for about the last probably two years, bills content. So, yeah. Yeah. I've re- I mean, I really kind of pop around a little bit to different things too, doing the same kind of deal, listening to what people are saying, but there's a, there's a couple guys out there that are like Tim Ferriss. I like listening to him, you know, if I'm going to just listen to so just learning anybody that's kind of providing something that you can learn something a little bit different is you know, basically what I'm trending towards most of the time. Sure. So, sure. Cool. So your answer is acceptable. All 40, all 45 podcasts that you labeled. I'll make sure to put all of them in the show. I didn't even name them all. I love like the hoof guys. Like there's tons of them. Like I, yeah, it depends on what's, what pops into my feed and like how much drive time I have and kind of what's, you know, a lot of times I'll look at the title and if it's, so if I've got three to choose from, I'll look at the titles of those shows and then select one based on the title. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like we have too many good people talking about the bills at this point, right? There's like too much spoiled to almost. We are spoiled. Absolutely. There's a lot of good stuff going on out there. All right. So in closing for the last question here, this one is you can kind of take this anywhere you really want, but Mm. what is like the worst play call that you remember or the worst play or just like the worst player in a season or just like when you think of like, God, that was just awful. What what comes (laughs) to your mind? Uh, the first one that comes to mind, there's too, way too many to answer. I can, I mean, I got worse play, worse calls, worse plays, worse players. Uh, the first worst play that comes to mind is the Texans game. The bills need a first down They're inside. I think the 20 or inside something. And they run, they run Frank Gore off the left two times. Is it, was it two times in a row of which both times he, he, he lost yardage. So that's the first one that comes to mind. And it's the first of a, a million cataloged like bad plays, you know, whether it's defensive plays. What's that? Are your plays all bills related? 
not probably all bills related. There's some ridiculous stuff that I've seen out there too. Just, you know, they're probably more going to be bills related just because those hurt the most, but I've seen some pretty stupid stuff uh, as far as, as we all kind of had worst call, man, there's way too many. So I go back probably to the no goal with Brett Hall uh, with his foot in the crease. I remember, I remember watching that game live and like being and screaming at the television that that escape was in the creases because like we had been victimized by that through the season where some of our players had had their foot in the crease and they called they called goals back on us and then sure enough you know like the championship was in our hands the cup was like right there like it, it wasn't decided but it was it was right there in our in our grasp and sure enough you know they score a goal and you know the no goal situation there's a lot as far as worst calls worst plays worst players man what that that number is long or that 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 list is long and distinguished too there's a lot of guys that i hate that i probably don't want to admit that i hate as far as that are all across all sports not just football so what is your what is your give me some of yours well it's funny because when you brought up the when you started talking about the crease the first thing that came to my mind was actually and i can't remember i feel like it was the rams game was it the rams game when we came out in the third quarter and that there was the touchback that should have been a uh, back, they, they, no, that was tech. That was the Texans. That was the playoff game where he just came just out and then went. That was that game then, right? Yeah. So that was immediately what I was thinking about, where he just came out. Of no, the I'm. Zone and no, like, I'm thinking. I'm thinking of the Texans game where the uh, the kickoff, the kick returner grabbed the ball. The ref was like, "Don't give it to me." Oh yeah, he, he dropped threw the ball on the ground. He dropped the ball on the ground. We recovered it for a touchdown, and then some dude in a black jacket that nobody has ever seen before walked on the field and told the referee, the guy in charge, that is wrong. And it's like, wait a minute, who's that guy? Yeah, that's the same. That's the play I'm thinking of. That one right okay, there. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha, it. gotcha. Because you started, you brought up the crease thing, and I don't know why that popped in my head, but that immediately popped in my head like, oh, I remember now that friggin' play where we should have scored an easy touchdown, and they just totally were like, um, yeah, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah no. Where's if you want to do worst plays, we could probably spend a whole show on that one. If do you want to talk about like the missed block by Dawson Knox for Josh Allen, Josh Allen is still running, still running on that quarterback sweep. If Dawson Knox blocks that guy, but instead the dude plants Josh Allen two feet into the earth. And Josh is clearly rattled after that hit. Obviously the no call that just got reversed that the refs just came out and said on Quentin Spain was a, it was not a crackback block. Oh, thank you. Yeah, well, How about we just, we just sum it up all that football game right there. Yeah, well, even the I think most fans I think right now would trend towards the Singletary missed pass against Kansas City as the the turning of the tide in that game. That's that was a tough play, right? Um, but so yeah, yeah, we're coming up here on an hour, Joe, and I don't want to keep you forever. It's your weekend. I know you got family and friends coming around, and uh, it's your work day tomorrow since it's Sunday. Mm. So, mm-hmm. uh, in closing here, though, anything you want to shout out? Uh, anything you got coming up that you'd like people to know about? Um, I know you can. You kind of mentioned your show earlier on, but anything else you got going on you want to bring up? Well, there is something coming up. I can't say what it is, but be prepared. Everybody should be prepared for a uh, rather large announcement. I've been doing a lot of cryptic tweeting on the overreaction handle. Uh, just that something's coming, something's brewing. I can't believe that this is what it was type stuff. So I would uh, just tell everybody to be on the lookout, be prepared, because there is something in the works that is has the potential of, we'll just call it, changing the game for Bills fans. Uh, and I'm excited to be a part of it. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. I cannot give you any more details than that other than just to tease that uh, within the next week or two, uh, it's going to be like, wait, what? What's going on? That's what's going on. So and uh, and you know about it. So I don't know if you if you want to just affirm what I'm saying, but. Uh, yeah, I, I 
no comment. No comment. <laughs> no nothing. I know nothing. No, it's it's cool. It's very cool stuff happening. Um, I think everybody's going to be amped up. Um, so it's exciting stuff. And obviously, you can catch uh, Joe's show over Action Sports. Will be out Monday mornings, like it typically is. Uh, Hump Day Hotline on Wednesdays over at Buffalo Rumblings, uh, live with Jay Spence. Uh, mm-hmm. All that stuff will all be in the show notes for you guys to quickly catch up with Joe. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, you follow him on Overreaction Sports. You uh, will be first to know when everything actually takes place, uh, which mm-hmm. will be pretty cool. I think you are going to want to be one of the front row people. Um, mm-hmm. What takes place coming in the future here. But in closing, Joe. Thank you so much for coming on, dude. Um, absolutely love having you on. I uh, love listening to you chat the game. Um, I know you get to chat with some other cool people, so you've got a good knowledge of the game and what's going on and things of that. So I appreciate your time. Uh, you know, I, I know how important your family and things are to you. So uh, any moment you're giving up to us and uh, to the fans and to myself, I appreciate that. Uh, everybody listening in, uh, thanks for being here again. I know uh, we're getting to episode 14 here, so pretty cool. Um, hanging in there, excited. Got a bunch of cool people lined up um, coming up the rest of the year. Uh, so, you know, everything I'm doing is over at thebuffalonerd.com. Uh, thanks for being here, everybody. Love you guys. Mask up. Be safe. And we'll see you guys all next time. Review and subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll see you next time. Leg out.